0: And if you like my show, then I want to tell you about a hilarious parenting podcast called What Fresh Hell, Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. It's hosted by Amy and Margaret, who are both comedians and moms of three. But that's where the similarities end, because Margaret is laid back to the max, and Amy loves making lists and planning ahead. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, Amy and Margaret wrestle with a common parenting issue using research, lively debate, and tons of humor. So if you're stuck at home right now with your kids, this is the perfect escape. Check out What Fresh Hell, laughing in the face of motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts or at whatfreshhellpodcast.com. Hello everyone, it's Robin McMahon here. Welcome to Parenting Our Future. Today we're talking about something that I've actually really wanted to talk about for quite some time and that's ADHD. I actually can't believe we haven't talked about it yet but I have an expert on ADHD in many different ways. I have Dr. Tommy Black, who is a licensed professional counselor who's been in private practice since 1998. He currently serves as a member of the Georgia Composite Board for Professional Counselors, Social Workers, and Marriage and Family Therapists. He's also from Georgia, and he lives with it where he lives with his wife and his twins who are 17 years old. Welcome, Dr. Tommy Black.
1: Thank you, Robin. That was a lot. Um,
0: That was a lot. I can't
1: believe you have a parenting podcast and you haven't talked about ADHD yet. Oh,
0: no. What is wrong with me? What is going on? I know it's, uh, I, it's, I have no excuse. I have no excuse for it. Yeah, and I just want to yeah. thank you for bringing along your friend in the background. Uh, <laughs> popular dude in my house. Uh, I have a special love for that little dude behind you. And I'm not going to tell anybody who's listening what I'm talking about. You're just going to have to go to YouTube, yes. or IGTV to see. <laughs> um, who well, well,
1: him him behind me sorry, is, a, is an example of my ADHD because I had it up recently and then I, I just completely forgot before this. Uh, but I, I went to change it and Robin said, please don't. I love it. so I do
0: love it. I love it. So I love it. it. <laughs> well, this this is so great. Thank you for being here and thank you for being the first one on this podcast to talk about ADHD and what it's all about. And you know about it. From the perspective of having it and also having kids with ADHD. So can we just start by talking about what the heck is it? What is it?
1: Attention deficit hyperactivity disorder is a neurological disorder that impacts a child's uh, or an individual's ability to uh, maintain or sustain um, attention or to maintain control of their motor functions or hyperactivity, their moving all the time. They're like an engine that's on go. They're running up and down. They literally climb the walls sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they chase butterflies. and using a lot of, of uh, uh, analogies, but the point is we can't focus uh, and we can't sit still. There are four types of ADHD. There's uh, primarily inattentive type, and that historically was called attention deficit disorder. We still call it that, and you still hear it that in in common parlance, uh, ADD, um, but it was combined with the dsm 4 back in the mid to early 90s uh, with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, which is, yeah. uh, and that's the second type, primarily hyperactive type, uh, which was has always been ADHD. So that is somebody who maybe can focus, but they're just on the go all the time and they're fidgeting all the time and their hands are moving all the time and they can't sit still. And And then the third type is combined type. And that's what I have. I have trouble focusing. I have trouble paying attention. Uh, Five years ago, I could multitask very well. (laughs) That's what I called it (laughs) when I jumped from thing to thing to thing. Uh, I'm learning as I get older. I'm not able to maintain all of that uh, incoming information as well so I'm having to learn some new things. But I also, as you've noticed, I cannot sit still. I'm constantly moving. I have um, chairs that allow me to rock. Uh, uh, I get up and I walk around all the time. My hands are always moving. I'm fidgeting with things. Uh, fidget spinners were a thing a while ago. I never got into those. I was too old for that, but uh, the kids had them a lot. And then the last type is, is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Um, um oh it's on the tip of my tongue the um uh, it's it's where you have some of all of it but not enough to to uh, make a, a clear definitive diagnosis um i can't believe i can't remember the word i've just had it in my head sorry about that but that's that's basically
0: like i mean that's, that's just the thing your brain <laughs> <That's works. laughs> like, I mean, really like it, it, your brain works in a different way right yeah
1: absolutely absolutely oh. and so Well, I'm sorry. Um, A lot of people will say, well, kids can't sit still anyway, you know, they can't focus. It's different. It's different. To have ADHD, you have to have the symptoms prior to the age of seven. They can't be related to other health issues. They can't be related to drug or alcohol use. Other health issues, for example, with kids that look like ADHD. A kid who has anxiety looks like he has ADHD. He can't focus. He can't sit still. His mind's going a hundred different miles. an hour. you've done this before you've seen it or where you're worried about something and that's all you can think about. So you don't get your homework done or you don't get your work done or the dishes don't get done or you're ordering takeout for dinner because you were obsessing about this all day. So there's, it can't be related to those things. It has to be just in and of itself an issue, but it is a neurological issue. It's how your brain is wired and how your brain, Sends and receives signals. Uh, I'm not a neurologist. I don't, I don't do that aspect of it, but I've, I've researched quite a bit of it. One of my co-founders, uh, I'm actually the CEO of Esteem Therapeutics, and we have and we've created an app to help parents with uh, dealing with this, not just for their children, but also for themselves because parents oftentimes will get into this and they focus so much on their kids, they forget to take care of themselves. 100%. So we, we built this uh, to address all that. But anyway, one of our co-founders, uh, Dr. Tom Pettigo is the medical psychologist and that's what he does. He understands all, all the wirings and all that stuff better mm-hmm. than I do. But yeah, it's, um, there's a lot of stigma associated with it. Oh, mm-hmm. just make them pay attention. Just tell them to sit still. Yeah. Just have them do this. If you discipline them better, this mm-hmm. wouldn't be an issue. This needs that's a good yeah. yeah, Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, I got spanked when I was a kid and I didn't have any issues with that. Well, you didn't have ADHD. What we see with kids who are in those situations where no matter what they do, they can't do right, they get severely depressed mm-hmm. and then they get suicidal and they just give up. They develop learned helplessness because I'm trying and I thought I did good, but here I am getting in trouble again. So it, it has to be treated and managed in a way that is different than a typical uh, child or a typical individual, you know, you just have to understand that they're not purposefully doing this, um, it's not their choice, uh, but it can be managed, it certainly can. Um, I have ADHD and here I am, I don't know, I'm raising two kids, I'm, I'm, uh, I have a business, <laughs> I'm, I'm working on a startup. So I've done okay. Uh, I actually made it through the military. I was in the military for a few years. I was going
0: <laughs> to you served our country. I mean, yeah.
1: on, That man. was pretty tough with ADHD standing still <laughs> for hours. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> and I'm tall. I'm 6'2", so I was always in the front row. So that was tough. But, but ADHD is a huge issue. And with the um, increasing technology and all of the information that we're being bombarded with all the time, it's becoming a bigger issue. It's not getting better, it's not going away. <clears throat> there, I've had discussions over the years where, well, you know, back in the 50s, this didn't exist. Something in the United States, um, Canada um, may have been before or after, I don't recall, happened in the 50s and it's compulsory education. My grandfather dropped out of school in sixth grade and went and carried 50 pound feed sacks at a, at a, at a factory. And then he joined the military and became a trucker. He didn't have to sit still in school for six more years and then possibly college or trade school or those types of things. So, and, I, and he had ADHD as well. There was no yes. doubt about it. So yeah. we had this huge cultural shift that occurred in the 50s, 60s, 70s, where kids have to sit in school and they have to do these things and they have to learn this way. And it just doesn't work for ADHD. So we see, at least this is my opinion, there are lots of other opinions out there but we've seen this huge influx of adhd that started in the 70s and 80s and that's when we learned of ritalin just give them a pill right just give them a pill Um, and and we've moved on to second third fourth fifth sixth generation stimulant medications and even non-stimulant medications to help with those things but the fact that the medication works shows us that adhd really is individuals with adhd really are wired differently than individuals who don't have adhd And you see it similarly with um, bipolar disorder. You see it with depression. You see it with anxiety. You see it with OCD. And you see it with children who have gone through traumatic experiences. Their brains just become wired differently when they develop PTSD. So it's a serious issue that with a little bit of work every day can be dealt with fairly easily and, and can be managed. And very successful people have it and are successful with it.
0: So let me ask you a couple of things, uh, because you, you've said some things now that I want to circle back to and just clarify, because that's news to me that um, you have to have symptoms before the age of seven. So what are the symptoms that parents should be looking for that are pointing towards ADHD and not something else?
1: So the symptoms are typical of what you'd see of a toddler or of a young child, just to the nth degree so they're, uh, they can't focus for more than a few seconds. You give them multiple step tasks. A seven-year-old you can say, clean your room, take a bath, brush your teeth, and they can do those things. An ADHD seven-year-old will say, well, I started cleaning my room and then I found this and then I did that and they just can't keep up with it. Now, a lot of parents will say, well, a lot of kids are that way. Very true, a lot of kids are that way. But a lot of kids are able to, to do better. Uh, typical children who don't have ADHD. Other uh, symptoms are they're on the go all the time. They just don't stop. It's like they're being driven by a motor. And that's actually the exact terminology in the DSM. They just go, 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 go. They can't slow down. You sometimes feel like you have to sit on them to get them to sit still or to focus. So it's the same symptoms that you see throughout the lifespan of somebody who has ADHD. Mm -hmm. But you, you start to see them become exposed it's before the age of 7 and think about it 7 this fits into my little theory right 5 we start kindergarten and then it's first grade second grade so you're starting to see where they can't do it so a lot of times children particularly children who stay at home with their parents they don't go to daycare or or preschool they have real tough times adjusting because it's very unstructured at home so unstructured time is good montessori for example you have children who kind of do what they want to do and they finish the task another symptom thinking about it is not being able to finish anything they start they have you see them building lego sets and they have one over here that's halfway done and one over here that's a quarter of the way done and one behind them that's a third of the way done so and that was me i i almost never finished any of that stuff they lose interest very quickly in things, um, but then they circle back to it. A, another symptom that is kind of atypical is they get hyper-focused, oh. where they start doing something they're super interested in, typically like television or video games or their phones or iPads or talking to their friend, whatever it may be, but they become hyper-focused on it. And you'll see where parents will say, Billy, I need you to do this. And they don't. They don't even hear it because they're so focused on what they're doing at that moment. And then it becomes an issue. I actually, this was a discussion at my house this morning because I was shown something and told something. And then when I asked about it, I was... Reminded that I was shown something and told something. I have no recollection of that because I wasn't paying attention. I was bouncing around different things, trying to get out of the house, right? Um, That's always horribly difficult for parents with children with ADHD or for spouses with husbands with ADHD.
0: Right? Yeah. Well, and I want to say, you know, um, it's it's so interesting because all of these things are things that parents want to punish their kids for right? They want to stop them from doing it. But what we need to do is we need to look at this behavior and we need to be curious about it. Like, okay, so, you know, what is going on here? How come my kid can't sit still? Um, But it's confusing for parents because some things look like other things. Like it could look like sensory processing disorder too. It could look like, uh, um, I mean, hyper-focused, right? And different things. And with ADHD comes other things as well. So- how do you what do you say to parents about trying to figure this out and well that's
1: where that's that's an amazingly uh, lucid question because that's where we fail right now in what we're doing as a society and as mental health professionals and as educators and as parents because we don't know we're inundated with information, we go and we Google stuff or we Bing the information, whatever, we search it online, and we come back with all this craziness. So In the mental health field, we call that differential diagnosis, where we have a list of symptoms and we have to determine what the etiology is. Where do these symptoms come from? What do they stem from? And for children, it all looks the same. You have a seven-year-old who's disorganized, who's impulsive, who can't focus, who, uh, is hyperactive that could be depression believe it or not that could be anxiety believe it or not that could be a sensory processing deficit which makes sense or it could be adhd or it could be they're hungry or it could be they're tired or it could be they're angry or it could be they're bored you <laughs>
0: no, no, so, just confuse me more
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it, so it's all normal, typical behaviors, right? I mean, it's all kids have these behaviors, but when it gets to a level where I've tried, I've implemented structure, it didn't work. I've implemented consistency. It didn't work. Uh, I've followed up with them consistently. It didn't work. I've given them shorter lists. It didn't work. So you kind of, I don't know if this is the right word, but you kind of triage it down, right? right? You start with my kids just not listening to me well, then you come to the realization that, okay, they're trying, it's just not working. So maybe it's one of these different things. And you typically start with the simplest thing. Unfortunately for for parents with children with ADHD, or, or, or maybe the other way around for children who don't have ADHD, in my profession, it's easiest to diagnose these symptoms as ADHD. And so you'll see kids oftentimes who have the comorbidity of ADHD and and um, autism spectrum disorder and depression and anxiety, because they may have initially been diagnosed with ADHD, but then a year later, after being in therapy and trying different things, the therapist and the family and the the psychiatrist may realize, okay, maybe it's not ADHD, maybe it's anxiety, generalized anxiety disorder or social anxiety disorder. But so now they carry these comorbid diagnoses that one of them is not necessarily right. Now sometimes there are they they happen a lot. I think close to half of kids with ADHD have some other issue going on because they're not getting the help they need. Just shut up. You're, you can handle this. You should be able to do this. There's a lot of minimization of those things. So my advice would be as a parent, when you're trying to figure this stuff out, don't freak out. It's, it's not the end of the world. The other thing I tell pe- parents, uh, and this is not always true, but it's not personal. Your child's not oh, doing things just to get on your nerves. Sometimes our children do things just to get on our nerves. But when you see this persistent pattern of stuff, you see them crying because they just can't get it right. You mm-hmm. see them frustrated be- uh, and angry. You see them beating themselves on the head and saying, I wish I was dead. It's a horrible, horrible thing to hear a six-year-old say, I wish I was dead. Because nothing I do is right. I'm always in trouble.
0: That and so that's weird.
1: typically a symptom of ADHD. But now he has depression as well because... ADHD yes. doesn't include suicidality or those types of thoughts. Oh. So yeah, then I would, I would, that's, that's where we uh, developed esteem therapeutics. Working in the mental health field, if you have a child and you finally get to this point where the school says we've got to do something, or you as a family say we've got to do something, what do you do? Where do you find help? Who do you talk to? You talk to your friends, they say do this, you check online and they say do that. You finally get to the point where you say, okay, I'm going to go to a therapist. We're going to see what we can do. When do you get in? I don't know about where you're at, but here we're com- horribly understaffed. So if somebody called today and said, I need an appointment, it's probably going to be like two weeks to a month before you get in. And that doesn't help you today.
0: You know what would be a really good idea? To have some kind of an app where people can <laughs> <laughs> That's genius.
1: So, yeah, we developed Esteem, uh, a parenting app. It's on the App Store, the Apple iOS App Store. We're working on the Android version right now. But if you have Android, you can find it at chooseesteem.com. It's free. What we've taken and done is we've taken the American Academy of Pediatrics toolbox. They have an online toolbox, which therapists and psychologists and psychiatrists and social workers all use, teachers, they all use this toolbox. But in the past, you would come see me. I would print the toolbox out. I would give you forms. You would spend a week filling them out. You would send them to the teachers. We'd get them back sometimes. That's another thing. Like three quarters of children with ADHD, their parents have it too. So what did I do with those forms I was supposed to take? Wasn't I supposed to do something? What was the movie where the guy had strings on his finger? This is supposed to remind me to do something with this one. I don't remember. Yeah. But yeah, that I've struggled with that with my kids, because I can't, I have ADHD, and they have ADHD. Yeah. So when they would get stuff from school, I think like, we're supposed to do something today, what are we supposed to do? Mm-hmm. So we wouldn't get the forms back. So we weren't able to make a definitive diagnosis. So now it's a month later and we, the forms are half filled out, and we're basically guessing. Then I have to write a letter or consult with the doctor in the school to try to get interventions in. And those interventions might include behavioral things or, or CBT type stuff, cognitive behavioral things, or medication. So, and medicine's easy. It's easy, but, but now you're a month into it, and if you're in school, We have a quarter system here in Georgia where I'm at. So now you're nine weeks in and you've failed everything. So the app puts all of that information in your hands instantaneously. So you can input stuff. You can create a little avatar for the child and for you. And then you can immediately start doing that information. And it takes seconds to to Mm -hmm. fill it out. Whereas before it would take, you'd have to fill it out. And then you'd have to bring it to me. And then I'd have to score it. And then we'd have to talk about it. Yeah. It immediately scores it. It immediately gives you the feedback. It plots it for you for visual people. If, uh, if you want to see videos, it has little videos in there and help you. <clears throat> and then it tells you you've rated based on your information that Billy is hyperactive, inattentive, and he's got some conduct disorder, and he's got some anxiety stuff. So mm-hmm. it looks at not just ADHD and the symptoms of ADHD, but it looks at the other social emotional things that could be, confounding that because there are times when, like I said, depression or anxiety could be what is driving that. And then it gives you recommendations for different interventions and all of that's free. We've also added into it, we like to call it a super app. There are certain apps where you can go in and you can just, you don't have to leave. You can do everything you want right there. And this we're trying to get it to the point where if you want to meditate, you click a button and it connects to a popular medication app, a meditation app, I'm sorry, that's there inside. You don't have to leave. You don't have to close it out and open another app. If you want to work on social emotional skills, it's all there. If you want to practice, if you want to work with your child and practice on, we have a, a task in there called target recognition that, that helps them over time grow in their sustained attention they practice for a couple minutes and then they over time as they are successful it adds time to it and they practice this so it's a behavioral technique to learn how to be more focused over time
0: you are currently listening to the parenting our future podcast i'm parent coach robin mcmahon if you're enjoying this podcast please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message and please don't forget to subscribe, and I would be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating on iTunes. If you'd like to connect with me, all my details are in the show notes, and for a copy of my book, go to yellingcurebook.com. Now, back to the show. Let me ask you then, if, um, if I go on the app and I am a parent that you've described, where I have a child who doesn't just have ADHD... Um, there are a bunch of things going on with him. A lot of things that you've mentioned, right? And and I'm open about you know what goes on with my son. And he has um, I have his permission to talk about it. Um, but along with it, he also has OCD. So uh, and and generalized depression and anxiety and and all the things that you've mentioned. And it's been it's been a tough go to 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 parent him. Uh, And it's tough for him, too, because I see the lack of self-esteem that you're talking about. I see that that goes into depression. You know, he has said those devastating comments, you know, like, I'm so stupid, you know, or I hate myself or like the the fist on the head. You know, I mean, I've seen all of that and it breaks my heart. And um, it also means that he's really hard to parent, too, at the same time and it means that we have not gotten the help that we've needed for him uh for for years and years we are just now really getting the help for him and it's a combination of therapy it's a combination of meds uh, different things like that so my question for you is how will that app help guide me in the direction where i would need to go um you know does it talk about you know maybe you should look at medication or something like that. I mean, I I doubt that it would, but I I don't know. Um, so tell me, tell me about that.
1: Yeah, that's great. Let's unpack that a little bit if you don't mind. And if you don't mind, I'll ask you a few questions. Why didn't you get the help that you needed? Why haven't you done that? Well,
0: because we, uh, gosh. Uh, so there's, there's a long time waiting. Uh, people didn't believe us. Um, it was really just like, Oh no, you need to parent differently. Um, You're not doing a good enough job as a parent is the message that I got. And um, early on we had somebody say, no, no, it's, it's, it's not him. It's you. And so I spiraled into deep depression myself. Um, and for me found the world of, you know, peaceful, conscious parenting, which really brought me, um, out of that. Um, I still struggle though. I still struggle. Parenting is still hard for me. You're a human being. Yeah. yeah, I may have ADHD or I may, like, I feel like I might have a little bit, anyway, I know for sure my dad. (laughs) And he absolutely did. And he was exactly what you said. He actually dropped out of uh, out of elementary school. He didn't graduate or sorry, high school, I should say. Um, he didn't graduate high school, but went on to do jobs that are probably perfect for an ADHD person who worked on the railroad, He worked in the stock market, he sold real estate, he sold cars. Like he did all of these different things that I think are sort of like a ADHD brain's dream. Um, but anyway, yes, we didn't get the help because people didn't believe us. And um, it wasn't until things got really, really bad that we we, we we became someone you couldn't ignore. I became someone they couldn't ignore. Yeah. <laughs>
1: there you go. Never underestimate the power of a mama.
0: <laughs> That's so, right, 100%.
1: <laughs> so first, I apologize for putting you on the spot there, but but you gave me permission, I think.
0: No, <laughs> oh, yeah, please, Yeah.
1: Se- second of all, Life got in the way, right? All the things we talked about earlier got in the way. Uh, I, your self-doubt, your lack of, of support, the lack of resources. You live in a, in a fairly, or you, you I assume, uh, based on our conversation or you live in a fairly resource-rich environment. You live in a city. People yeah. who live in rural areas have nothing, nothing. And then when you finally do the hardest thing, I tell people with depression, the hardest thing you do every day is get out of bed. The hardest thing you do as a parent to to coordinate for care for your child is pick up the phone and make that appointment. That's the hardest thing you do. And then once you get there, oh, I got to get them out of school. I got to take off work. My boss is yelling at me. I don't feel well today. Do I really want to sit in this waiting room? Sometimes you go to the pediatrician's office and you're there for four hours to get in and the doctor sees you for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So what we did is we took all that away because that's not how our society's managed anymore. That's not how we do things. We have technology and workflows that allow us to push a button and a car shows up and picks us up. We have <laughs> technology and workflows where we push a button and food shows up at our house. Yeah. We have, my, my son did this thing, he's 17 years old, he's a little budding entrepreneur. I don't know where he gets that from, but he, <laughs> he was doing this in his banking app the other day and he, he was showing me stuff that he was doing and I, I I don't know how to do that stuff, <laughs> but we have the world at our fingertips, right? We're, here we are, you're three hours uh, time difference away, I don't know how many miles, a long way. Oh, I'm in Georgia, you're in Vancouver, British Columbia, and we're talking and interacting in real time with video without any hip ups We have technology that can take away all of those roadblocks. We have technology that can put you in front of somebody immediately that can get you the answers you need immediately. You just have to know where to look and you have to get that support. And so in my opinion, healthcare and behavioral health are the last two major industries that have not moved into the digital world. They haven't embraced the consumer-centric world. I have on-demand Netflix. I have Amazon Prime. How frustrated did I get that I would order something on Amazon Prime and it wouldn't get here in two days because we have this global pandemic going on. That's <laughs> yeah. a, ridiculous, a ridiculous statement, but I think it, it underscores the the just how spoiled we've become with those things. Absolutely. But with healthcare, we had to schedule appointments and we had to go see somebody. Even I have to go see my doctor. I have to drive an hour and I have to go see my doctor next week because the last two appointments were telehealth and he can't bill another telehealth. For a physical health issue, right. but what we've seen with COVID, one of the one of the um, positives uh, of all of this, it's and I don't want to underscore this. It's tragic that I've I've lost six friends oh, uh, in the last month. So so I'm not trying to minimize it, but but the therapists like me and the doctors, uh, we're starting to embrace technology. Yeah and we were the ones that were holding it up before the system wasn't going to change we were in control but that's not how our society is these days you as parents we as parents us as parents deserve that power and that control these are my children these are decisions i have to live with every day you you don't you go home as a doctor or as a therapist you go home at night to your family but i have to live with these children and i agonize over this do, should I put him on meds? Should I not put him on meds? What if this happens? What if that happens? Am I ruining my kid's life because he's seven years old and I'm not doing this or I am doing that? So, but we don't get the information. It's so fragmented. You go talk to your doctor. They send you to a therapist. The teacher gives you some info. You're getting bits and pieces of everything. Yeah. The app puts it all right there. Well, that's at awesome. your fingertips, it puts you in control. You're driving that bus, and I know you probably have a big partridge family bus. Don't you, do you remember the partridge family?
0: <laughs> <bus>? <laughs> I don't have that bus, but I remember. I, remember.
1: <laughs> I know, I know you do. I know. You. Got you. Got all all your stuff in your family. You're taking care of them. You know what I mean. You're doing the things you have to do, and you you've got your wagon circle, and but you're not driving that. You're being pushed along. Yeah. And you're being told what to do and where to go. And the app t- takes that away. Wow. When do you want to talk to somebody? When do you want to do this? You want to do it at two in the morning? You know what? You can do it at two in the morning. You know what? If you call me, if I'm your therapist, you know what you're going to get at two in the morning when you call me? My yeah. answering machine or my voicemail, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm it, The ringer goes off and I'm asleep. But yeah. but you can do and And for people with ADHD and, and parents who work non-traditional hours and- There's 24 hours in a day, so two thirds of us work, non-traditional hours, right? You have the afternoon people and the overnight people. They can get things done on their schedule when they need it. And when they say, "I, I need information about medication, Yes, the app has, um, it makes recommendations that you should talk to your pediatrician about medication. And if you want, you can print this page out and take it to them that has all the information of all the stuff you've already done so they don't have to recreate it. And they, they have to have it for, for liability purposes to put in their files before they can make major decisions like that. But it's all right there. And you you decide, uh, you know, my kids are 17. I think you said your son is 15. They go to bed after I do. I'm already asleep and they're still awake. And they, they, but they don't get up when I get up, but they can do the exercise. And I can see when they did the things that I sent for them, you know? And, and they sometimes do it at midnight. I'm asleep at midnight. But if I force them to do it at three o'clock or four o'clock when they come home from school or when they, their brain's drained because they've been in Zoom meetings all day these days, it becomes a fight. Yeah. So my wife and I had this discussion years ago i think they were in fifth or sixth grade she said i was real big on routine and bedtimes so i go to bed at the same time every day i get up at the same time every day and i don't even have to set an alarm anymore it's been ingrained but she said who cares who cares as long as they get up and they get the work done you know because we are fighting with them they i don't get it i don't understand why kids want to stay up so late but they do they do so i let go of that so we'll give it 9 weeks we'll see how it goes And they did fine with it. And sometimes I would see, we used to have an internet appliance called Disney Circle where I could see all the activity on the internet. And it woke me up one night at two in the morning because my son had got on the internet. He was 15 years old. What is he, what is this 15 year old doing on the internet at two in the morning? And I look and he's doing his homework. He had come home and fallen asleep (laughs) and he woke up and and was doing his homework because he knew it was due uh, So having that kind of control where you can have it when you want it, where you want it, or where you need it, it's empowering. It's powerful. And that's what you are. That's what you need. Plus, it's validating. Plus, you as a mom, I think we talked about this earlier, you focus so much on him, you forget about you. Mm. Well, the app will remind you. What about you? Take a look at you. Slow down. Breathe.
0: (laughs) I have the app. I I can't wait. I can't wait for that reminder to come (laughs) up because it's absolutely true, right? You cannot give what you don't have to your kids. Right. I just want to say one thing too, because we had the most incredible online experience this summer. I told you about it before we recorded here, but I just want to tell everybody else that we have been um, struggling to get my son help. Uh, with his OCD since he was six years old, um, and you know, one of the things that you know held us back is having uh, one experience with a psychiatrist who was completely unhelpful. So that set us back too. In fact, she said, "Are you just here for medication?" Because our son had never been on medication, and, and we said, "Well, no, but we'd kind of like to look at that idea." And she said, "Well, I'm saying no, and it's my decision." <laughs> and I thought, like, well, I actually cried all the way home. Um, which was an hour long drive. I cried the entire way home. My son is asking me why I'm crying. I lied to him about why I just couldn't believe it. I was so upset, felt so hopeless. And I know other parents come across that too, because even if you do get help, you don't necessarily get the quality of help that you need. And so then fast forward to what I was going to, what I want to say is that um, we had an entire summer camp for my son um, over three weeks specifically on ocd through the ocd clinic at bc children's hospital the most amazing experience i have ever had in my life i never knew that after nine years of struggling with ocd we could have almost eradicated the ocd which we which my son has done in three weeks it only took that and it was it was a profoundly powerful experience for my husband and I, for our son, for our entire family, because I'll tell you what, OCD, ADHD, it affects us as a family. It's not just about the one person. Yeah, but so what I'm here to, to, to say is that, you know, take technology, use it because it is absolutely absolutely um a, a changing thing for us it is it is it is changing and by the way when we're doing these zoom calls our brain doesn't know the difference between fantasy and reality it feels like we're in the same room right so uh, our brain makes it feel like we're in the same room so the connection is there so use telehealth it's incredible it's incredible and this app uh is is such a gift to to parents and i'll make sure that everybody knows where to get it um and, and all of that in the uh, in the show notes. So, um, I just want to thank you so much for doing this for all of us parents that have, I hear it time and time again, where they, they aren't getting the help they need. They're confused. They feel it's their fault. And look, you know what there, there are ways that we can help our kids with ADHD. And I'm wondering if you could tell us some of those tips and tricks that you share on the app that you share with your patients, like what should we do to help our kids?
1: Yeah, that's, that's good. I appreciate your comments about the um, technology. The, the thing I was going to add to that, which is I think a good lead into your question is what you did worked, but it won't work for everybody. And that's one of the beautiful things about the app is that when, when you come to me as a therapist, I get this all the time. Who should I see for therapy? I want to see it's such a personal experience and your needs are so unique I can recommend people, but but you're going to have to find somebody you fit with because that relationship is important. But there are different interventions that you can try that might work great for you, but they're not going to work for me. Or they might work great for you today, but you might not have the patience to deal with them tomorrow. You know, you might be hungry or tired or stressed and they're just not at work. So having a myriad of things at your fingertips really helps having lots of different options there. So the things that we Uh, recommend doing or that are in the app there are a lot of different things the first thing and we struggle with this because it sounds so trivial is pay attention not not the adhd kid not telling the adhd kid to pay attention but you as a parent pay attention to the symptoms and when you track them when you do the rating scales and then you do them a month later and then you do them a month later you start to see trends and we show you a trend line where you can see where. Uh, this week, we did this, and this was much lower. You know, the, the issues related to impulsivity were much lower when we had more physical activity going on, or the uh, inattention was much lower when we had smaller groups this week in school. You know, you can start to correlate those things and see the, how the different changes in the day-to-day life uh, affect it. That is the most powerful thing you can do, pay attention to it. We all know scientifically, and this has been proven over and over again, as soon as you pay attention to something, it changes. As soon as you pay attention to something, it changes. So you do that and you'll see it. The second thing is, the next thing I think is a lot of different things. We we have social emotional tools in there that help kids with the self-esteem that you were talking about. They do interventions because self-esteem is important. Uh, oftentimes with these children, they don't have friends, they get ostracized because they can't sit still. They're always interrupting. They cut the line. They don't take turns. Mm-hmm. So the social emotional skills teach them those social skills. And then the, the impulse control activity that I was talking about earlier, which is one that Dr. Pedigo developed um, previously and we've included in the apps called target recognition, allows the child to practice paying attention. There are things like neurofeedback. Where, which is really big, you get a little headset. We actually are working with a couple of neurofeedback providers, but the neuro reader is the uh, big one. Your child's on their iPad, they have the headset on, and they're reading. And when the mind starts to wander, the brain waves change, the screen goes blank or fades out. Oh, I got to pay attention. And I had to read, there was a book, I had to read it three times. Yeah, that's a, a it's it, it's included in the app. So there's oh. everything's on back order right now, right? If you want to order a headset, everything because of COVID, every the productivity is have down.
0: headsets. They come with our phones. I'm sure we do. <laughs> yeah. That's oh my uh, gosh. You know that that's one of the therapies we did with our son yeah. was 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 brain training, right? Biofeedback yeah. uh, training, and it did help him, but it didn't it didn't do everything. But that is so right. cool. I'm totally. Uh, I'm totally down with
1: that. That's this, awesome. Let me see. Let me, uh, I'm going to miss a bunch. We also have, uh, there was a parenting group we worked with called um, Honestly ADHD, and she created some programs that she used with her parents. We've digitized those with videos. It's her in the app with her presenting her information and in her video. Another big issue we've seen is food sensitivity. There are certain foods that if I eat, I get more irritable or I get more tired or I get more cranky. Uh, and so we've included a food sensitivity app in there where you send in a genetic sample and you get it back. It's about half the cost through our app of what it would be if you went and did it on your own. A big, big thing is exercise. God, we've all been locked inside for seven months. We're going nuts. Fit Kids is an app that is uh, develops training programs for kids to help them stay active and be active and kind of burn off some of that energy. Reading Attention Tutor was the one I was talking about earlier, which is the neurofeedback one. Another one we have that we're really excited about is called Greenlight. Greenlight is where you teach. It's a, um, I don't want to say it wrong. It's a debit card that your kid gets and it helps you as a parent teach them about financial responsibility and money management, and you can earn rewards through that process. That is
0: so cool. That is uh, so Mental
1: cool. up is another one that we're working with that's helping with that kind of stuff. Not, not that, but with, um, uh, the, the cognitive training and the behavior modification stuff.
0: Well, and you know what I'll do here is I will, I'll just put a list together and put them in the show notes for all of these different apps Uh, But, but most importantly, the Esteem app, because this is really, this, you, you, this is really exciting, really exciting for, for parents that are struggling. And I, I really love what you say too, about just pay attention. And, you know, I find that I'm saying this over and over again to the parents that I work with, is just like, just slow down, right? And just slow down. And the other thing that, that, that I always talk about is, okay, the behavior is, is here and that's what you're seeing but let's just put the behavior aside for a minute and find out what's going on like what's under the behavior because our kids are good kids like our kids want to please us they want to get along with us and when they don't and when they can't we've got to find out why because there's a reason why our kids are not diabolical masterminds out to get us At least, you know, um, not
1: all the time,
0: not all the time, (laughs) maybe, but you know what, like, we've just got to be really curious, right? And slow down so that we can actually notice, right? And that's hard if you're ADHD yourself as a parent, if you've got a million other things going on, you know, all of that stuff is really real. And I think if we could just slow down for a minute. And really COVID has given us that opportunity to really yeah. slow down. And, you know, I know it's been hard for so many people and there have been some things that have come out of this that, that have been positive, like what you're talking about. So this is really exciting. Uh, I, I cannot wait to tell everybody about this app. So I, I just, I think it's, it's so incredible. Um, do you have any last few tips or tricks or anything like that? to to just to tell my audience about what your app is all about, what ADHD is all about?
1: Well, yeah. So first I want to say, I said the app is free. The app is free, but then we have a marketplace where you can get the different interventions. Some of them are free, some of them them are premium, depending on what the intervention is or what you want. So I I don't want to mislead anybody in that. The other thing I would say is understand and appreciate what you just said that that part of this process is reconnecting with your children in a way that's not adversarial. When you have a child who's adversarial, its I mean, who's ADHD, it's constantly adversarial. It's do this, stop doing that. What are you doing? Stop pulling your hair, sit down, eat, those types of things. But the biggest thing, the thing that I work with the most with myself as a parent and as a professional and with most of the parents I see is be kind to yourself. We're too hard on ourselves that self-doubt that you were talking about i guarantee you you didn't tell me this but i guarantee you you said mean things to yourself a lot of times i'm stupid i should have done this what's wrong with me i'm a horrible parent i'm a terrible person i try to i i hope and i try to to encourage individuals to treat themselves the way they would treat other people so i tell you robin if i came to you with a problem identical to what you said what would you say to me would you tell me i'm stupid and i need to get it together and i need to quit being a baby or would you say hey you're working really hard at this let's look at some different things tell Mm -hmm. yourself that i think too often we get caught in that and we don't take the time and we're just mean to ourselves and then we get frustrated and we get crabby and we get angry and it just kind of snowballs and escalates from there and i think that's a, a part that's missing in most people's lives when they're dealing with these types of issues because yeah, my kid's bouncing off when well, he's active and he go, go, go. When you have an ADHD child or an OCD child or a depressed child or an anxious child or a child on the spectrum, it becomes consuming. It's constant bombardment from teachers and doctors and dentists and bus drivers and that you're a bad parent and you're a horrible person. And but it's, that's not true, just like you said. So, so be kind to yourself and cut, cut yourself some slack as a parent is the biggest thing i like to say at the end, overarching all of these little things that we're talking about.
0: I think that's a really beautiful place to, to end and a really beautiful message for you to give everybody. Um, Thank you for that. Thank you for that. It is really hard. It's really real. It is really hard. And, uh, and thank you. I really appreciate that. uh, Thank you for having me.
1: I appreciate the platform. I think what we're doing is huge. um, And it will impact people not just with ADHD, but any type of emotional or behavioral disorder. And wellness is the key and owning it and accepting it and, and developing uh, things where we can have some say and control, I think are important and having the platform that you have that we can talk about this and educate people, even if just one or two people say that really how that hit it. I think that's significant because it's hard. It's really hard.
0: Really hard. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I can't wait to share this with everybody and, uh, and just watch parents take some control back because we, we deserve it. We need it. So this is beautiful. Thank you for everything that you're doing. And thank you for being here today. Thank you.